0: Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life Podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life Podcast. I'm your host, Cheyenne Berson, and today we have Max Torres on with us. Today, we're going to be discussing his recent International Surfing Association competition to become the world champ. Max, how's it
1: going? Everything's good. How are you?
0: Good. Can you give us a brief overview of
1: yourself? Yeah, so my name is Maximilian Torres, and I'm from Puerto Rico, west side, Isabela. And I'm 21 years old, and I love to surf, paddleboard, fish, do every water sport.
0: That's awesome. How cool is it to live there?
1: It's amazing. You know, there's warm weather all over the year, no wetsuits, nothing, and like, I feel bad kind of for like other people who live in other places right now. I'm in China and I just got out of the water and had a five mil on, booties on, hoodie on, and I was freezing. I was like, I feel bad for them, like baggies all over here in Puerto Rico and they have to wear suits all, all around the year. So.
0: Yeah, that's nice to just be able to hop in the water and not have to deal with all the extra baggage of putting stuff on.
1: Yeah, it's a hustle.
0: <laughs> what have you been up to since you were last on?
1: It's been a minute. I'm a full-time student. I take online classes this semester because I have like a lot of competitions going on. I've been swimming for the university as well. When I have the break, I compete for them and just doing my events.
0: That's awesome that you compete uh, in swimming too. How do you like it?
1: I love it. My first year in college, i not full-time swim with them like I didn't practice every day or anything but I technically was like more dedicated to the swimming part because I didn't have like competitions going on because of COVID like post-COVID like events were going off but like the college events were going on so I had like more focus in that but this year and last year I've been more focusing on surfing.
0: I gotcha and did you have a meetup with Team Salt Life in Puerto Rico recently?
1: Yeah They came down for a fishing tournament over in San Juan, and it was super fun. I showed them a little taste of Puerto Rico, took them to my side of the island.
0: How long were you guys able to spend some time together?
1: We were basically all one day from, I think, at like 7 a.m. in the morning to like 7 afternoon. I drove them down to the west side, which was like two hours from San Juan. And I just took them surfing to my favorite spots. You know, waves weren't that big, but they were fun. Two to three feet, no wind. Took them to, to my favorite spot. And yeah, that uh overview of my daily life.
0: <laughs> I bet they had a blast doing that. So for our listeners, head over to the Salt Life YouTube channel to watch that video.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's going to be pretty fun and good information about Puerto Rico.
0: Good. I'll have to give it a watch too. I haven't had the chance to see it yet. So, give us an overview of the International Surfing Association because I know a lot of our listeners might know a little bit, but if you could dive a little deeper for us, that would be great.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, the ISA, which is like the abbreviation, it's the worlds, which is like every couple of years there's a worlds of soccer, there's a worlds of football, baseball for every sport technically. And so in surfing, there is the world. And it happens every every two years, and which consists of all the countries in the world. Best two athletes of the, your country qualify to the ISA. Not anyone could just go and show up and compete. And, yeah, just best two of every country. And everyone battles each other there. And the one who wins is... Uh, the champion
0: that's awesome and you were the champion this year tell us about this year's world competition
1: yeah so this year's world was in france and when they announced it they kind of announced it pretty late like with no time to be like prepared for yourself or anything It was like one month prior so like oh kind of hectic i didn't practice enough and that type of condition of waves but no, I was super hyped to go to France. I've never been in France. And I just checked the surf spots, those beach rakes. So I like beach rakes. You know, a lot of people don't like beach rakes. It's like kind of hard to go in or the way it's like a lot of closing out. Know? But I loved it. I, it was in Les France, which is kind of like right in the center of France. And the weather outside was perfect. It was like maybe 60 to 70. It's like a little hoodie and you're good. And the water was like kind of Florida um, water, which you could put a spring suit on and you'll be like fine. So it felt good.
0: That's so cool that you got to go to France um, for the world champion. So how are the waves different there from what you're used to surfing in Puerto Rico? So
1: to surf in Puerto Rico is the West side, which is, point breaks every everything's a point break and there's like reef bottom which is way totally different from France but I where I study in San Juan it's the east side northeast side of Puerto Rico and there's a lot of beach break there so it's kind of maybe similar in that aspect and I've been practicing a lot because I've been studying in that part of the island so I was like a win-win
0: that's awesome how long was the competition
1: the competition the surfing part was four days long which consisted from eight in the morning till six in the afternoon but there was like a two-hour break which like the sun because the sun falls like straight to the beach so like hits straight to the judges and they can't like see it wet very well so there was like a two-hour gap but um, yeah, it consisted like nine hours a day, 10 hours, and for four days long. And then it was paddleboard racing, prone paddle, which was another four days. So in total, like eight days.
0: Wow, that's so long. That's crazy. How many surfers and like, I won't get even get into the paddleboards, but how many surfers were there? would you say?
1: I believe it was 65 to 70.
0: Wow, so they had a lot, the judges had a lot on their hands. Did you guys do it in, I'm not super familiar with how the surfing competitions work, so was it sets, or how does it, like, how does it work?
1: So a round consists of 20 minutes, and every round consists of 20 minutes, except the final, which is 25, and every every competitor has a maximum of 10 waves that you could catch um, every heat. So out of those 10 waves, they count the best two waves you caught. And those best two waves, they add, add them up. And whoever of the four competitors in that heat, the best two waves, they add them up and the best you pass.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So basically, how do you know if you move on to the next level? Do you get booted out or do they tell you right away?
1: So you have um, an extra chance. So if you're in the main round and you lose, you go to the loser round, which is like rubber charge, and you still can make it to the finals through rubber charge, which I actually passed all my rounds to the semifinals, and then the semifinals I lost. But I went to the loser round and won those two rounds and jumped back to the finals. But you know while you're in the heat, the speaker tells you what scores you need to pass first or second place while you're in the heat. And when the heat's over, he tells quickly red first place blue second place yellow third place so like you're always notified
0: okay so you have a clear goal going into each round knowing exactly how much you need to progress
1: yeah if i catch a wave three minutes after that wave you're gonna see the announcer say max you got a 7.5 and then let's say roger you need a 6.5 to pass the second place so every every minute there's like constant communication.
0: Do they do the scores up to 10? Is it one to 10?
1: Yeah, it's one to 10. So six through 9.9 is excellent and 10 is perfect.
0: Okay. How many perfect scores were there?
1: There's none. (laughs) The highest score was 8.8, which was a Brazilian and then sevens all over the place.
0: So those judges are tough. They are looking for pretty much perfection.
1: Yeah, they look for perfection this year. Um, So last ISA, there was a lot of perfects. But this year with the WSL Tour, the ISA, they um, came together. And they got in terms that they can't give 10s that easy. So it's like way harder right now to get 10s.
0: Oh, wow. That's interesting. It sounds like there was... A ton of surfing going on for each participant throughout the day. On average, how many waves do you think you caught per day?
1: Per day, I got around 20 waves. Um, I don't catch that many waves when I'm competing because I always try to get the best quality wave, not like any bad wave.
0: That makes sense. That's a lot of waves still, though. That's it's a long day. What did you have to do to prepare yourself training-wise? And like, what's your routine from waking up in the morning, getting in bed during these competitions and leading up to them?
1: So my routine um, changes a lot when I'm competing. I feel like my normal days when I'm not competing or anything. So I wake up early in the morning, normally before everyone, because when you travel, the ISA you travel with your team and normally the team stays in the, in the same house and it's like tech like everyone there making noise and everything so I normally wake up earlier than everyone and just sit down for like 20-30 minutes and do my, resp- my respiration and my breathing everything and just like try to meditate and stay calm and just get vibes for all the day and then everyone wakes up, I stretch, and just go to the beach with my music on, good um snacks. I'm always hydrated, always have snacks on me, I eat well.
0: You probably have to eat a ton during those competitions to keep your energy up, right?
1: Yeah, and um, when I get, like, kind of am- amped and, like, nervous, I start to eat a lot, a lot. So yeah, during during competition, I eat a lot. <laughs>
0: So basically, you get an early start and clear your mind. Would you say that's one of the most important parts for you is like setting your intention for the day?
1: Yeah, for sure. The morning is very important for me because it gives me a purpose throughout all the day. I start the morning every day with good mindset, with what I want to do in that day. Like what's my purpose today and my goals for today? So it gives me like a clear view for all the day.
0: That's really awesome. That's a good way to start the day for anybody in any sport or walk of life. So that's really cool to see that you've incorporated into your surfing as well. So would you say that you had any hardships or experienced any struggles during this?
1: Yeah, for sure. So every time I compete, I always um, arrive around minimum five days before. So, I could have like the practice going on, feel the waves, like surf with no crowd because when like the worlds come, everyone from all over the world arrives two or three days prior to the event and it's a crowd. It's a lot of people surfing. So, yeah, I always try to go a couple days prior and just surf. And...
0: How many days prior were you able to get there for
1: this one? Seven days prior. And that gives me that gives me a good mindset. And sorry, I didn't answer the question earlier. So yeah, I had a couple struggles. Which um I traveled six or seven days before that event, and every day I surfed, it was a terrible day. Like waves weren't good. Waves are super big in the moment. Which people who um traveled to compete, they weren't surfing that day. They were two went surfing to another spot which is like kind of relevant for me because if you're surfing in one spot, you just might as well practice in that spot. How bad is it or how good is it? You want to practice there because that's your um, court. And so I think that was an advantage for me, me practicing every day there, although I didn't surf to my standards. But just mentally, it put me where I wanted to be like, I'm more prepared than everyone. I've been giving my time to this beach, which everyone's going to other beaches, which is easier. So, yeah.
0: Practice where you play, right? That's a good mindset to have.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: It's got to be stressful wondering what waves you're going to get in the competition. Does that ever come to mind? Like, am I going to get a good wave? What if I get a bad wave?
1: So, yeah, that's always on my mind. Um, I know I have the surfing and the surfing is there, but in the competition, everyone has a surfing, especially that level. Everyone has a surfing. So it ends up whoever gets the best wave technically wins the event or the heat. And so we have priorities in our heat, which is everyone starts off catching a wave. But the order you cut ca- the wave is the order um, the priority goes. So let's say you caught a wave and I didn't catch a wave. I have priority over you So I can catch any wave and you have to wait until I catch a wave. So I put that in play a lot and everyone catches bad waves. And yeah, I just wait 10 minutes, five minutes for my first wave. So it could be a good, not any other, any wave.
0: That's really interesting to me. I didn't know that. So for the listeners who might not be too savvy with all the technicalities, can you dive into that a little deeper and break that down for us? So you can basically kind of like, it sounds like, I might be saying this wrong, but you can like either jump a position or stall a position if you catch a right wave. Is that?
1: So every heat there's four people surfing. And let's say the color is white, red, blue, and green. Um, I'm white, you're red, and someone else is green. Um, Me being white, I caught my first wave. When I caught my first wave, I can't catch no wave you want because you have priority over me. I could catch any other wave, but if you're paddling that wave, I can't have it. Or if the other competitor is paddling my wave, I mean his wave, I can't grab it. He has priority over me in any wave. And that's a big um, advantage to have priority because you pick any wave. And normally the best wave comes out of like five minutes in the heat or 10 minutes in the heat.
0: Wow, that's so cool. So the priority, is that a position that you work to get or that is just given to you in a random order.
1: Yeah, you work to get it. So when the heat starts, no one has priority, no one. And you just hustle, everyone hustles for the first wave, and whoever is in the peak of the wave, which is the higher highest part of the wave and the closest to the white water is the one who has the way to go to the wave. So normally everyone hustles for that first wave and then the priority comes to play. Me, I have. Let's say I got the first wave, so I have the last priority. Everyone has priority over me, and then the first, um, the one, whoever doesn't have priority catches the wave. Then I have priority over him. So it's like a good game.
0: Okay, wow, that adds a whole different level, and that was something I didn't know. So now I'm kind of seeing in my mind how just how com- competitive that must be, trying to get that position.
1: Especially, yeah, the first wave. Especially, everyone, everyone wins the first wave. Everyone. And because they want to set up uh, a scale, like the judges, they gave me a 5.6 with this wave because I hate it good. And they're going to see, they're going to compare my wave to everyone. So everyone, everyone wants that. And yeah, everyone hustles yes for the first wave.
0: Wow, so interesting. So basically I have a question about the hype and the emotions and the feelings behind you being deemed the world champion. How did that go getting announced? Like what were your feelings?
1: So when the event started, I had a good mojo going on. Um my first heat, I got second place. I passed it. But, you know, I wasn't that good, but I felt good. And I was like, Damn, um, if I keep surfing like this, I carry just make it to the finals. You know, I've this is my fourth ISA and I've never made it to finals. Like the furthest I've gotten is semifinals so I was like feeling good every day I had like three heats and every heat except the first heat I won and I felt good everyone was saying oh you might be the ones who win and I was like hyped because I felt good and if I compared myself with everyone which I don't do just but now watching if I compare like my surfing to other competitors were surfing there um it wasn't the best but I was surfing the smartest and yeah that is what got me to the win and i technically still don't believe it you know i won i i wanted to go there just to surf good pass heat by heat with no expectations because my ex- expectations are in the pan ams which are in two weeks and i just took that event like a practice and it took me to the win you know and my dad was there, so it was super cool watching him hug me when I got out of the heat, like the final when I won. That was cool.
0: How did they announce it? Do, like, is it as soon as you get out of the water, you know you are the winner, or how does it work?
1: So when I started the heat, I caught a wave quickly, which was a good score. It was a 7.0, and that's a very good score. It's like one of the highest scores of that. So I felt super confident. It was a 25-minute heat, final. And I got that wave, like, in the first five minutes. So I felt good. And then five minutes later, I got another backup, which was, like, a six. And when I had those scores, I knew I won. Like, it's super hard to back up those scores. And there was, like, 10 minutes in the clock. And no one had more than a 4.0. So I felt pretty sure, like, I already won. And I took a wave. I blocked second place. Because I had priority, so I blocked my his wave so I could grab it, and there were, like a couple of minutes left, and I surfed it to the shore and I stood in the shore waiting for to the to the heat finish because there were, like seconds ready left so you know i I already knew I won minutes before, but my dad he's always the one like, no, you gotta make sure the announcer says you won and so they said it, and my dad was all hyped and I was hyped too
0: oh I bet he was so excited for you that's got to be such an aw- awesome accomplishment for him as well to see you win
1: yeah he um he's my travel partner so every competition he goes with me he's not here right now he because uh, the Pan Am start in two weeks and a half two weeks so he's gonna fly in later on but yeah it was super cool and and the ceremony of the when they gave me the the medal. It was pretty cool watching them cry because sent, um hearing the national anthem and stuff.
0: That's awesome. So for the ceremony did they do that right after or did you have to wait an hour to like let everybody get some food in them and rest for a little bit before announcing?
1: The event finished Wednesday and they did it Sunday. They wait until all the event they wait until all the events over. So they could, they could do all the ceremony every category prize him.
0: That makes sense. I bet that's a big weight for you though. Like all the suspense of getting to get your trophy and um, actually be called out on the stage.
1: Yeah, for sure. I already wanted my uh, medal. I was like every day just dreaming of it. Like oh, I already want it, I already want it. And I want it to be like Sunday, Sunday. And it happened. <laughs>
0: That's so great. Uh, for, you're talking about Pan Ams. What are those?
1: It's the Pan American Games. It's the biggest world like biggest games under the Olympics. So here everyone who gets first place goes straight to the Olympics and second, third and whatever and fourth or fifth don't have a shot to Olympics if you can get first place. But just yes, number one and number two of all, Amer- all of the Americas qualify for it. So let's say in the qualifier for this event, there is like 50 people from just the Americas from Argentina to Canada. And just 10 qualify for it. And out of these 10, there's three top positions and first place qualified straight to the Olympics.
0: Wow, that's incredible. So being world champion was a huge accomplishment, but now you're basically on to bigger things being in the is it the olympics for this
1: so this is a qualifier your first place makes it
0: okay so you got to go through pan ams to be make it to the olympics correct and where are you right now location wise
1: i'm in chile sant and Chile, which is um kind of north of chile
0: This sounds like so much training and so much preparation, not only for Worlds, but now Pan Ams and hopefully the Olympics. How do you keep up with the training? What's your daily training like?
1: So when I'm back home, my training consists 5 a.m. swimming till 7. And then after that, I go straight to the gym, have my hour and a half session and, and go to surf. And that's until like 12 in the afternoon. I have my lunch. I I live in the campus, University, but I take all, all my classes online, which because I train over there, that's where like my gym is and stuff. So I do that, have classes, and then I swim again, three to five in the afternoon. And after swimming, I surf again. So, but when I travel, my daily routine consists of a lot of bands, which I bring all my bands in the board bags and stuff. I have my yoga mat right there on the floor. So
0: So let me get this straight. You wake up at five in the morning and you swim for how many hours?
1: I wake up at 4.30 every day when I'm back home.
0: You wake up at 4.30, you get in the pool at five, you swim for two hours, you get out, you do an hour and a half workout in the gym. Then you get out of that and then surf for how many hours?
1: An hour and a half or two.
0: And then you eat lunch and you get right back to it?
1: Yeah, I I eat lunch and I have like my online classes, catch up for everything. And then at three, I have swimming practice, which is like an hour and a half, two hours. And then after that, I go to the beach and surf.
0: That's some insane dedication. That's awesome to know that you're fitting all that in your day, you're getting your schoolwork done. And you're just striving towards your goals, pretty much with everything you have on a daily basis. And that's, most likely part of the reason that got you where you are today and hopefully into the Olympics very soon.
1: Yeah. Training is a big, it plays a big part when you want to achieve goals, you know, nothing comes easy. So it plays a big part.
0: Well, congratulations on all of your hard work and dedication. That's so impressive. And for us listeners, just hearing your breakdown, that sounds like a heck of an exhausting day, both physically and mentally, because you're not just working your body. You're also working your mind with your strategizing and your schoolwork. So hats off to you for all of your hard work.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. So what's your next goal? What's your next step for your future goal? I kind of have an idea of it, but if you could elaborate, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, so my future goal, obviously, is take first place here. So I can have a straight shot to the Olympics. But if not, just study, try to finish, graduate, which I have like a year left, a year and a half. And after that, just give myself two or three years of travel, to compete, and, yeah, work after that.
0: Do you have any advice for the listeners?
1: For sure. I think this is how the saying goes, no dream is too big. When I was small, I always used to dream being a world champion, and I never saw it coming. But I know I trained to be one mentally, physically, and – you know, I, my goal wasn't to win this event. My goal was to just improve my better results. And I just believed in me every heat, every heat, and I made it to the finals. And I just, I just believed in me and that heat, and I just won. So no dream is too big.
0: That's so great. I love that. And I'm sure that's going to help empower a lot of our listeners too because no dream is too big. It's your living proof that I hope I get to see you in the Olympics very soon because with your mindset and your dedication, it seems like you are on a straight path to there. So I'll be interested to follow along. Um, where's your next planned trip other than where you're at right now? Do you have anything upcoming?
1: Yeah, I have the APP World Tour, which is next month, November, um, and Spain and the Canary Islands. So I fly here to over there, which is um, yeah, which is I think November 20th till 25, 26, and the waves are supposed to be fun over there this time of year. So, but after that event, I'm yeah, after that event, I'm like two or three months back home, just catching up with schoolwork and everything.
0: That's good to give you some downtime. I was gonna say it's such nonstop travel and training and surfing. Um, It sounds like a blast, but it also sounds like it could be a little tiring.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I flew in yesterday here to Chile. I was like 30 hours traveling, 10 hours from France to Dallas and like eight hours to Dallas over here and the wait time, like eight hours in the airport. Which is like six hours driving from the airport over here. Oh like exhausting. I arrived and just slept all day and surfed in the morning today.
0: Oh, I bet the jet lag was bad.
1: That was terrible. Terrible, terrible. But um luckily I arrived kind of at night and I was dead, so I just woke up in the morning and kind of normalized it a little bit.
0: Well, Tell us what your social medias are, because we all want to follow along with you and your travels and all your different competitions you're going through right now. And I know we're going to want to see you go as far as you can go.
1: For sure. Yeah, I um, normally just use Instagram and my Instagram is max underscore Torres three, two, one
0: awesome i'll be sure to give you a follow i know our listeners will too and i'll be looking forward to watching you through the Pan Ams and seeing you hopefully go to the olympics i know i speak for for myself and all of team salt life when we say we're so proud of you and we can't wait to watch you succeed even more than you already have
1: yeah step by step thank you guys so much for everything and <laughs> yeah
0: thanks for being on today max for sure All right. Have a good day. We'll see you next time.
1: Thank you. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.